0: You're listening to episode five of the Curiosity Club podcast. Welcome to the Curiosity Club podcast, a safe place to get your weekly dose of life lessons, helping you let go of fear, overwhelm, and insecurity. I'm your host, Katri Barrett. With each episode, I share my insights and practical skills for you to unlock your full potential. Live and work confidently. Be courageous. Be curious because life's too short to keep holding yourself back. Welcome back, lovely humans. I hope you're all having a good week. Spring has certainly been in the air recently, and although I am fully aware that it is probably just the British weather playing tricks on us and that the Beast of the East did hit us last year in March, I am loving it. It's just reinforced how much of a hibernating bear I become over winter. Because even with just two days of sun over the weekend, I felt like I came back to life. Today, I want to explore with you how a better understanding of our brain's malleability can change our habits and improve our success, health, and well-being. Yeah, that's right. Our brains are flexible, just like plastic. I'm going to be answering the following questions. How you can go from being a glass half empty person to a glass half full person? Why learning new things is so important and what we can do to give ourselves the best chance of being compass mentis when we, we become elderly. After spending the best part of a decade in the grips of anxiety and depression, I started to believe that I was never going to change. I thought that I was always going to be an anxious person and that it was just who I was. I would also look around at other people and think, why me? How are the people around me feeling content, happy and fulfilled, yet I feel so disconnected and unhappy with life? I'm sure you can all relate in one way or another. Whether you look at other people and think, oh, it's so easy for them because they're in a relationship or they earn more money than I do. Or you don't believe that you've got the ability to learn something new. Maybe you want to start a new career that is completely different to the one you're in currently but you're holding back on starting the course necessary to do so because you find yourself thinking I'm too old and I was rubbish at school so I will never be able to keep up. It's these fixed mindsets that keep us stuck where we are and today I want to tell you how you can change no matter what your age and I'm going to talk about how you can do it. In order to do this we need to talk about the brain. By understanding our brain's ability to change and rewire itself, we can better understand how to harness its potential and empower ourselves toward making positive changes in our everyday lives. Now, if you're anything like me, you weren't paying much attention in GCSE science. Instead, you were playing with the Bunsen burners and setting fire to notes that your friends had catapulted across the classroom with an elastic band. So I'm going to start with a little lesson on how our brains actually work to create our thoughts, memories, actions and feelings. The left and the right hemispheres of our brains are made up from approximately 86 billion neurons. Without neurons we wouldn't have any thoughts, we wouldn't feel, have memories and we wouldn't have any physical actions. These networks of neurons are made up of trillions of connections that enable them to send signals between one another via synapses. This is called firing. Our neurons are constantly firing, sending information and signals every moment of every day, even when we're sleeping. But these firings aren't just happening at random. They happen in unique patterns and it's these patterns that create our thoughts, feelings, memories and actions some of these pathways are used more often they then become more traveled and these become our habits every time we think in a certain way perform a particular task or feel a particular emotion we strengthen this route in our brains and it becomes easier for us to travel this pathway however when we begin to think a little differently begin to learn something new, or start a new activity, we begin to carve out new pathways. The more we practice this new way of thinking, doing or learning, the more the brain uses this pathway and eventually a new habit is created and it becomes second nature to us. The less the old pathway is used, the weaker it becomes. This process of rewiring the brain by forming new pathways and weakening old ones is called neuroplasticity. Up until fairly recently, it was believed that our brains were fixed, hardwired and unable to change once we became adults. It was thought that we were all born with a fixed number of brain cells that begin to decline as we got older and that were incapable of regeneration. We've all heard that saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. However it turns out that you can, when we're talking about humans that is. I'm not actually sure if the same applies to dogs, I shall have to find that out. Towards the end of the 20th century, scientists began to discover that the brain wasn't as fixed as they had originally thought, and studies confirmed our ability to rewire and change our brains. These developments have been incredible in advancing the rehabilitation possibilities for people who have suffered trauma to the brain, whether from an accident, disease or stroke, for example. It isn't just in these severe cases where awareness and support of this brain flexibility can be useful. It also affects those of us who are deemed to have healthy brains in our everyday lives, success and well-being. It is important to remember that neuroplasticity can be positive or negative. Think of it as cultivating your good habits and your bad habits. I'm going to focus here on habitual thought patterns and habitual behaviours. Let's use the example of Kate. Kate is in a new relationship with Susan and everything on the surface is going great. They're in that honeymoon period where you're exploring one another and getting to know things about each other. But Kate is finding herself feeling increasingly paranoid that Susan is cheating on her, despite there being no actual evidence to support this other than her thinking that it's so. Kate is falling into this habitual way of thinking because after she broke up with her last girlfriend, she found out that there had been a string of affairs through their 18-month relationship together. Although Kate never had trust issues in her relationships prior to being cheated on, all the experiences of lies and pain in her past relationship have caused her well-walked neural pathways of being paranoid and thinking the worst of her current partner, Susan. These negative thought patterns have become so habitual, it's beginning to damage her relationship with Susan. Susan hasn't actually done anything wrong. She really cares about Kate, is completely honest and would never cheat on her. What Kate is doing is making the mistake of being unaware of her thoughts that are triggering her to feel like this and is therefore believing them when they're telling her that Susan is cheating. She finds herself reading Susan's texts over her shoulder, bombarding her with phone calls when she's late coming home, only to later find out in reality her train had been cancelled. Understandably, this is putting a lot of strain on their relationship. After some big arguments and a conversation with a friend, Kate begins to realise that it is her behaviour and not Susan's that is causing the problem and decides she wants to change how she is reacting to things. Every time she catches herself thinking she's with someone else, she's messaging someone else, she must be cheating on me, she practices saying stop. She then intentionally replaces those automatic thoughts with something more realistic and useful, such as Susan loves me and would never do anything to hurt me. Her train is late and her phone has died because I know she used it for some Skype meetings today and I can see that her charger is here at home. The more Kate practices thinking this way in those instances that she feels insecure in her relationship, the more habitual this way of thinking and reacting becomes. Over time, Kate's trust for Susan gets stronger and she is able to change her underlying belief that everyone is going to cheat on me. This is just one example of how you can use these pathways for the bad habits of thinking, but how you can change them so that they're more useful and healthy ways of thinking. The brain and its neural pathways are like any other muscle in the body. We either use it or we lose it. The more we repeat bad habits, the more we strengthen them, but the more we practice good behaviours to replace these, the sooner that they will become habitual. Perhaps your go-to after a stressful day at work or an argument with someone is to sink a bottle of red wine, and you want to change this. If this is how you've been habitually coping with stress for your entire 20s, then yeah, it will be a challenging behaviour to transform. However, it is very possible if you put your mind to it and practice. In order to recondition your brain into finding another outlet for your stress, You need to reorganise your thoughts and find an alternative behaviour when faced with these situations. Instead of thinking, I have to drink in order to relax and wind down, I need it. You can begin to remind yourself of of how anxious it makes you when you wake up in the morning and all those thoughts of self-doubt that it enhances. Remind yourself why you want to drink less and find other behaviours that help you relax and wind down after work perhaps going to the cinema with a friend who shares your desire to drink less or attending a yoga class. The key is to also not beat yourself up when you do fall back into a bad habit. It's important to remember that to create change it takes a lot of practice and time. When thinking of neuroplasticity I like to think of a meadow with long overgrown grass. There's a well-worn, muddy path going through the middle due to you walking it every single day. This path represents your habitual behaviours, thoughts and feelings. One day you decide that you want to create a new path. So instead of walking directly across the field, you stray and go horizontally. At first it's a struggle and you have to force your way through the long grass. But each time you walk the path, it gets easier and the grass becomes flatter and eventually wears away. Over time, the old path becomes completely overgrown and you would never have known it was there. Whilst the new path is clear and easy to walk. There are other ways that you can intentionally enhance your neuroplasticity. The first is by adopting a growth mindset. A growth mindset is the belief that your skills, talents and abilities can be developed and or improved with determination and practice. This opposed to a fixed mindset where someone believes they can never change or learn. A person with a growth mindset believes that he or she can get smarter, better or more skilled at something through sustained effort. You might say that a growth mindset is simply accepting the idea of neuroplasticity on a broad level and living in a way that nourishes it. If you're listening to this podcast I think it's pretty safe to say that you are already ticking this box. The second way to nurture this development is through learning. Each new lesson we learn whether it's in a new language, skill, sport or instrument has the potential to connect new neurons and change our brain's default mode of operation. This is yet another reason why being curious is so important. If we spend our lives on a continuous journey of discovery, we are nurturing the positive connections in our brains and building new ones. The more we exercise our brains throughout our lifetime, the more likely it is that they will stay healthy into our old age which will help, hopefully enable us to hold on to our memories and motor skills for longer. You know when you see those 100-year-old great-grannies who are still living a full life, practicing yoga and telling sassy jokes? I definitely want to be that person. And finding a strong purpose like this for why we're wanting to learn something has also been shown to improve how motivated and focused we are. So find your why, people, know your values, and learn things that you feel really passionate about. We can also practice gratitude. Our brains are always looking for evidence to support our beliefs. And just like in Kate's story earlier, if they get used to looking for bad things that are happening in our lives, the chances are we are ignoring the good. If we start practising looking for the good things by keeping a gratitude journal every day, we will eventually train our brain to automatically be thankful for what we do have and not focus on what we don't. This is a good way to move from being a glass half empty person to a glass half full. Try writing down just three things you're grateful for at the end of each day. It could be the small things like your train to work was on time or the blue sky Or perhaps the bigger things like having a roof over your head or running water. Getting enough sleep and ensuring that it's good quality is also vital if we want to support our brains. Our brain needs sleep to reset connections that are paramount for memory and learning. This means less screen time before bed to prevent exposure to harmful blue light that can disrupt our sleep patterns and ensuring that you're getting the recommended seven to nine hours. Just one night of losing sleep can impede your brain's ability to reset itself which in turn impairs your memory. Lastly make sure you're moving your body and finding ways to relax. Cardiovascular exercises boost oxygen to supply the brain and increase brain volume. Stress is a silent killer that diminishes our neuroplasticity so make sure that you're finding ways that help you relax whether that's being in nature, meditating, long baths, or just reading a good book. It's important to remember how much of our everyday behaviors are impacting our brains. What are you doing each day that is building or breaking positive and negative pathways? These these daily micro actions that help you adopt a growth mindset learn more, be more grateful, relax and sleep better will all contribute to self-directed neuroplasticity. I hope that this episode has shown you that through an awareness, understanding and practice of these things you have the potential to change any habits or create any change no matter what your situation or age. My advice to you is to learn in a way that suits you and feed your passions. Keep repeating those behaviours that are healthy for your unique brain and break those behaviours and habits that no longer serve you. Forget about practice makes perfect and focus on practice makes change. Don't give up because we learn more when our boundaries are pushed to places where we feel discomfort. And keep reminding yourself that you too can reshape your life by reshaping your brain so my loves that is all from me today please subscribe and leave a five-star rating if you're enjoying the podcast if today's episode has resonated with you and you feel the call to work deeper into the areas i've discussed then do reach out to me via instagram or my website to find out more about my coaching programs until next time stay curious